Hello and welcome to the G2 podcast. This week was Zone Sunday where we had a few different options to explore in smaller groups. You are listening to the one on money management. Hi everyone, Uh, I'm Annabelle. I've been at G2 for about eight years now um, and I work for Christians Against Poverty who are a Christian charity working alongside churches to see an end to UK poverty. Um, And we have a particular focus on sort of debt advice and uh, helping people with their finances. Um, And I joined them as a debt advisor about five years ago now, uh, putting together budgets and helping people work out a route out of problem debt and now manage debt advisors who do that and oversee the work that we do to ensure we support the most vulnerable clients. Uh, all that to say that today I've been asked to chat a bit about money and, and that's one of the reasons why um, I've learned a bit in that role, learned a bit from experience of managing my own money. Um, I'm not a financial expert by any means so I can't help you with sort of investments or financial advice but just wanted to share uh, some tips and some things that I've learned from my work and from thinking about money myself. So thought I'd start by looking at what the Bible has to say about money um, because that helps set a good framework for how we use it and how we manage it. So the Bible has loads to say about money and we can't cover all of that today but I'd love it if the session today sparked you to go and find out some more yourself and to do some reading around it. Did you know for example that 16 of the 38 parables told by Jesus focus on money and possessions or that there are over 200 verses directly about money and over 2,000 that look at money and materialism. Obviously we can't look at all of these right now but we can pull out a few helpful themes. So one, money as with everything else is ultimately God's. We see this in Genesis 1 in the creation narrative right at the beginning that uh, everything on earth is God's, everything is his and he created it all and that includes money. But we see it a bit clearer in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors. Number two is that our biggest role as humans is to steward God's creation, and money is part and part of that and plays a role in that. So again, in the creation narrative in Genesis 1, God tells Adam and Eve to steward the earth, um, and that is tied up in uh, money and how we use it, and that is part of that. Um, And in Matthew 25, there's a parable that we'll be looking at you too shortly, um, all about God giving uh, us resources to to steward and what we do with them. And in the parable, um, the ruler gives different servants different amounts of money and some go away and do something with it and look after it well and others don't um, and at the end he says well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful over a little and I'll set you over much enter into the joy of your master about using what we have and and making the most of that and stewarding it well 
Number three is that a wrong attitude to money can really impact your relationship with God. So sometimes we think that this makes money in itself negative. Um, but as we read the passages, and I'll, I'll read a couple shortly, um, we see that it's not necessarily money itself um, that is causing the problem, but it's when we put money as our goal ahead of following God, when we put that in more importance than uh, the, the right thing of, of following God and, and putting him first. So 1 Timothy 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And in Matthew 6, it says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then number four is that money should be used fairly, wisely, and to look after those in need. Now there's loads about that and that in the Bible, and that includes all of the things around how we give and giving to the church and giving to the others and looking after people um, and stewarding well and supporting your family and loads in there um, so we can't cover all of that uh, today um, but there's some helpful points to pull out uh, so there was a, a quote that I can't remember the source of uh, but it's not my wisdom but wisdom worth sharing is that uh, our goal as Christians is not to be either debt free or to be wealthy but our goal is to glorify God in all things, including our finances. And there's some interesting ways that uh, money and finances and resources are talked about, even right in the foundations of, of the Bible and God, God's people. So back in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, so uh, in Leviticus 25, they look at the idea of a year of jubilee. Uh, that every 50 years is a kind of financial and resource reset. So all land is returned to the original owners and debts are written off. And um, in this society at the time, people could kind of sell their own labour uh, as as a payment for debt, so a kind of form of slavery. And that was to be reversed and changed back. And, um, and the importance of not holding people uh, in financial difficulty for too long a time. In Leviticus 19, it says, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. And in Deuteronomy 15, it says, If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land, the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your brother. Now, obviously, we don't have fields or vineyards, but 
uh, I think we get the idea there that as we use our money and our resources that we're meant to be paying attention to how they impact other people to take what we need for ourselves but also to think of those who are in need to think of where we should be giving that and how we should be using that to serve the bigger community. So at this point we're going to pause, we're going to stop and just have a think um, about our own perspective on money. So having had a bit of a whistle-stop tour there through what the Bible has to say about money, uh, where where does that leave you? What are your thoughts on that? Um, have you thought about what the Bible says about money before? Uh, and is this what you expected to hear or is this giving you any different thoughts? Uh, go ahead and have some time to discuss. Great. So it seems like we had some helpful conversations there. Uh, some people who have thought about it more than others um, and some different bits that we could share. So uh, as I said, I hope it prompts us to kind of go and have a bit more of a look into this. I've definitely found out more or, or been reminded of things as I've prepared for today. So uh, it's good to go back and see. So the next section we're going to look at is just some top tips around managing finances um, mainly around setting up your kind of day-to-day -day spending and budgets. So um, there's three that are more practical, two that are more conceptual, uh, but help build the foundations for how you make those decisions, those practical decisions. So uh, number one is make sure you build a budget. And we can go over how we do that in a bit later, but um, it's just about getting those basics right of a realistic household budget that's based on your income, works out what your committed expenditure is, and then puts in place your other spending based on what your circumstances are and what your goals are. It's really important that we do do that. It can be uh, easy to not, I think, particularly if we do have sort of enough money to get by, we can just manage on, on making do with what's coming in. But actually having it set out before you to know what you have coming in, what you have to spend going out and then to make some informed choices about what you do with the rest of the money and what you're saving and what you're spending and why is really important. So that's a good starting point. Um, and then number two is something that will help you then stick to that budget in practice, um, as is number three actually when we get there and they're, they're linked really. So number two is about how you use your bank accounts and thinking about having bank accounts with a purpose. Um, so having different bank accounts for different purposes. So uh, you could have one for your income and your bills. Um, so your money gets paid into and then your bills like your mortgage or your rent and any household expenses come out of that each month. And then you can consider having another bank account that you do your kind of day, your day to day uh, spending on for that month. So an account that you're uh, groceries come out of or your uh, petrol or transport costs or coffees and, and things like that and that can just be helpful because if you transfer each month an amount to that that you're happy to spend that month then you are placing sort of a, a limit on how much you're spending it helps you to to not overspend uh, month by month and to be aware I guess of if you're needing to put if that's starting to run out or go down too quickly or you're needing to put more money into that um then you're aware that you're going over budget rather than waiting till the end of the month to check and to know 
Um, and then the last category, and this is one where you might have multiple, you might have more than one, depending on what you're saving for, but it's savings. Uh, so having a dedicated place to put money into for savings for a similar purpose, that this way you know that money's set aside for a purpose. And if you do have to dip into it and take money out of it, which you may well do in certain circumstances, you know that that's coming out of your savings. So for me, for example, I like to buy clothes um, and I and that's the thing I try and limit, not spending as much as I'm tempted to on clothes. Um, but if I'm just spending everything out of one account, then it's a bit harder to kind of see the impact. But in the event that I was having to kind of dip into a savings account to buy a dress, I probably think more about that than just pulling it out of another account. So uh, if you've got bigger goals, you might want like a lifetime ISA or different long-term spent saving accounts, depending on, on what your situation is. But having something where it's set aside for that is great. And then number three is finding ways to track your spending. So um, this is similar to number two in that it's all about making sure uh, you give yourself the best opportunity to stick the budget that you set yourself at number one um, so you can find there are different ways that help keep you accountable to your spending that might work for you so uh, traditionally we'd say use cash uh, and just take out the amount of cash each month you want to use and proportion it off into the different categories and kind of do it that way um, we don't tend to use cash as regularly now we've got some other ways of doing that and so uh, that that might be a way for you, you want to use, but there are there are probably others that might be more helpful now. Some people just like to write everything down. Uh, if that's what works for you, then that, that's fine. But again, that does require quite a lot of admin. Um, something that can be really useful and helpful is uh, getting a bank account or an app which tracks spending for you. So there are some like Starling or Monzo where as you spend it puts spending into categories for you and you can set a target and it shows you throughout the month um, your progress and if you're on track to be on budget or not and how much you're spending so you can see um, and categorises so you can see where it is you're going over budget, where it is you're under. Um, and that can be really useful. And, and again, it just means that you might sometimes need to go over the guideline you set and that's fine, but then you know that you're choosing to do that. So those are worth having a look at and definitely finding a way to keep yourself accountable, particularly if you're trying to stick to a budget for the first time or you're trying to reduce your expenditure in some way and, and you need to kind of something to help keep you on track for the change. So one, two and three, build a budget, think about how you're using your bank accounts and track your spending. Four and five are linked, so it's all about understanding your values and your goals, and then your attitudes and your biases. So, uh, values and goals are about knowing uh, how you how you want to be making your decisions about money. What are those foundational principles that are going to guide you? Um, and I don't think we can assume that the 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 values and and goals that we want to have will, will just come naturally or we will all just know um, and I think we do really want them to be shaped by faith to be shaped by the bible to be shaped by uh, what God tells us and that might look different to what other people's values and goals are um, but it's really hard to make wise decisions about how to manage your money if you don't know what you value and you don't know what you're aiming for so 
that's where those things underlying it about giving into church and giving into your community and giving away come to play it's where you it helps you to make decisions about um prioritizing money that uh ways of spending money that help bring you maybe closer to other people um but it's also about things that help you prioritize knowing your goals can also help with prioritizing things like saving for a house or um for a wedding or an event and knowing that that's the reason you're trying to cut back um and so I think it can be easy to just talk about the practicalities but not to think about how do I make these decisions what's guiding these decisions and uh, are these decisions being guided by my faith and the values that I want to hold of of generosity, of compassion, of care, of of um, faith, or or are they shaped by something else? And that's where number five comes in about understanding your attitudes and your biases. So um, it's all about understanding what your underlying approach to money is and what is shaping it so that you can then actively look at what you want that to be instead. So we all have a different view of money. We might think we have the same, but actually uh, we've all learned how we navigate money and how we think about it. So questions to think about are who have you learned from? What was your parent or your carer's approach to money? How has that shaped how you see it? How has how much or how little money they had shaped how you view money? Does how much money others have shape how you see them? Is there economic diversity in your friendship groups? Are you able to un- empathise with and understand people in different economic circumstances to your own? And I think being aware of those things can help us to understand where we make choices that are maybe out of fear or concern or a reaction against restriction and um, yeah, understanding that a bit more can help you understand why you automatically approach it in a in a certain way, why you might approach it in a different way to a partner or or a housemate, but also to then know what you want to choose to approach it as going forwards. So, build a budget. Think about how you use your, your bank accounts. Track your spending know what your values and goals are and know what your attitudes and biases are. So we're going to take some time to discuss uh, and think what your kind of top, what are your your main takeaway is, what's the thing you want to go away and and try and uh, put into practice or to think about and consider more. Is that uh, thinking about your bank accounts? Is that considering your bias towards money? Brilliant. There was some great information being shared amongst you then uh, and I think some really good conversations starting. So really glad we can all be learning from each other today and, and be discussing. So the last thing I want to do just before we finish, which I'll run through quickly, is just for those of you who haven't got a budget in place now, just some kind of top tips for, for building a budget. Um, it's hard to do this quickly, so uh, if anyone wants to chat it about it more, then I'd be really happy to. Um, It's also worth knowing, I guess, there's some good tools out there. So the money course have a budget tool. Uh, So the money course is sort of a Christian money course. Um, They do a, if you're wanting to look into this more, actually, they do 
course that you can join online, I think in groups, but you can also do it at your own pace. They have some FAQs and tips, but they also have a budget builder tool. Um, and they're great. That's a great place to start just because it suggests you some categories you could use. It helps convert frequencies if uh, if that is helpful. Because we tend to look at budgets in monthly amounts, but you know, people get income in, in different frequencies and that needs converting or payments go out at different times. So that can be a really helpful place to start. Uh, so do you have a look there. And you can also get some tips about uh, all sorts from money saving experts and advice on good savings bank accounts or different ways of using money. There's lots of information on, on that their website as well. Um, but to run through quickly how to build a budget. Uh, so as I said, we usually look at a budget over a monthly period. There's generally big expenditure such as a mortgage or rent and other bills are paid on a monthly basis. Um, if that's not the case, then using a budget tool that helps you can put it in weekly and they can convert it is really useful. Um, working out your income is the first step. So that's usually the easier part. So we're often more aware of how much we have coming into our accounts and how much is going out. So the easiest way to work out what your income is is just to check your bank account for regular income and payments. If you're in regular employment, then you might want to check out your pay slip so you can include the amount that you're paid before your pension or any pen or any season ticket loan, cycle to work schemes, and then you can add those back in as expenditure after so you can keep track of, of the decisions you're making there as well. But essentially your income is anything you get paid with some regularity or predictability. So it could be wages, benefits, pensions, student loans, income from lodgers. Um, and one caveat here is, I guess, those of you who are receiving student loans, first of all, well done. It's so hard to manage when you get paid in kind of lump sums and then have to try and work that out throughout the term. But something that can be helpful there is just to work out when you get paid your loan, how many weeks does that need to last you for? Uh, and then convert your loan into a weekly sum and pay yourself that amount each week so that you're sharing it out equally across the term and not having it all in one lump at the start uh, and then finding you have none left at the end. So working it out weekly and paying yourself weekly, setting yourself a weekly budget that way might be helpful for managing that. If your income isn't entirely predictable, uh, so you do freelance work or shift work or overtimes, then it's not always super straightforward to work out your income, but it's usually best to work out a bit of an average. Uh, a lower average is better um, so that you know you will get that amount in each month and then you could treat any additional earnings as sort of bonus that you can use for other things. Um, the second part, once you've got your income in, is to work out your expenditure. So that can be a bit trickier because we don't all know or we don't want to know what we spend each month. But again, uh, bank statements can be really helpful here because you can take a realistic average rather than your own estimate, which might be an underestimate. It's probably quite time consuming to go through your bank statements for all of the expenditure, but it can really help you spot the small things that add up, like trips to the corner shop on top of your regular food shop, or how much you really spend on coffees and alcohol. And don't be scared to lay it all out accurately, because just because you don't, you now know how much you spend, 
doesn't mean you'll have to stop spending it. It just allows you to make an informed choice. Not knowing what you're spending doesn't mean you aren't spending it either. So expenditure includes anything from your regular home costs like mortgage or rent, household bills through to what you spend on travel, any costs related to pets or childcare, leisure costs like meals out, hobbies, anything you need to put aside for Christmas and and holidays and birthdays, any giving, any debt repayments. And then once you've got set out your income and you've worked out your expenditure, then you get to the point of seeing if it balances. Um, if your budget doesn't balance, this bit can be really hard, So, but it's also super important. Um, if it's not balancing, it's probably not a surprise to you because you're probably already aware of needing to make some adjustments. Um, and if you've got debt repayments as part of that, then I'd recommend you get some support at this point. Uh, Citizens Advice are great for that, uh, and our local Questions Against Poverty also works in that. Well, there are a number of free debt free death advice agencies, but do make sure you get free death advice because there's plenty, plenty of it out there. Um, whether you're trying to make it balance your budget balance, or you're just wanting to reduce uh, some reduce uh, in uh, what you're spending um, or increase your income so that you can save a bit more or prioritise differently. Um, it's the same things to be considering about how you free up extra money. So you can look at, A, how you can increase your income. Are there opportunities for overtime or an increase in hours or part-time job? But uh, whatever you're doing there needs to be sustainable. And so you can't work all the hours of the day. So um, only where that's sustainable for you. You could look for alternative employment with a higher salary, take on a lodger if you've got a spare room, um, look at what your benefit entitlement might be and if that's right, if that's relevant for you. Then the uh, second way is committed expenditure. So anything you can do to reduce your committed expenditure can have a big impact because this is something you pay month to month. So you can look at your accommodation, whether you're able to sort of downsize or move areas or uh, live with someone else as well. Look at your bill payments, anything you can do to switch provider to a cheaper option or reduce usage to, although as long as that's uh, still keeping you safe. Um, and I know reducing, trying to reduce bill payments at the moment is near impossible, so it might not be super relevant, um, but something we're probably all trying to do a bit of at the moment. And you could look at any subscriptions and memberships, anything you can reduce or switch or cancel there. Uh, and then the last, which is probably easier to cut, but uh, uh, might might have smaller results depending on, on how much you're spending is uh, just that day-to-day expenditure. Uh, where is it possible to walk or cycle instead of paying for transport, looking at uh, free or cheaper social activities instead of paid ones, cheaper supermarket options or fewer branded items and um, small switches like that that might bring things down a bit. But um, all in the context of keeping yourself well and keeping yourself safe. Um, and we know it's it's hard to do that at the moment. Um, so, but all of those are ways you can look if you're wanting to uh, free up some money, whether that's to help make your budget balance or because you're wanting to uh, release more money to be able to give more away or save more or use it differently. Um, or you might just spot in your expenditure things where you think, ah, oh, do you know what? 
I don't want to be spending that much on that thing anymore and I, I'm going to try and bring that down. Um, so hopefully that's helpful as a starting point. As I said, if you if that's something you're doing for the first time, I'm, I'd be really happy to help, but uh, also it's worth looking at the budget tool from the money course um, and some of the other resources that they have. It's worth looking at some of the stuff on Money Saving Expert. Um, CAP also do a money course. I don't know that there's one running in New York at the moment, um, but uh, where they're available, they're, they're really good. Um, and uh, if you do need sort of additional support around debt or problem debt, then uh, Christians Against Poverty are great. Um, um, or where there's not availability with us, then uh, Citizens Advice or Step Change are also great options too. So uh, do make sure you get support if you need it.